Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and energy of divine spirit. Please enjoy the latest podcast. Much needed break. And I've been here before when there was a, a med- an evening meditation. I just... I've fallen in love with your facility. Do you love it? I mean, it it is, it it, it seems to represent the divine feminine, the divine masculine. You honor ancient wisdom and modern insights in the truth that it just, this is just a perfect setting. So if I were teaching ministerial class, I said, come take a look at this. Build your church like this. It's just a neat, neat thing and diversity and all of that. Well, I have been in interested in healing for many, many years, and I, this is now football season. I started college on a football scholarship, and as a freshman, had a career-ending, what was called by doctors, permanent injury playing against Alabama. I could not lift my arm any higher than this or move my fingers. The doctor said it would never recover. With therapy, it might get better, but it's never going to recover, and I was depressed. I dropped out of school and felt sorry for myself, wanted to just go ahead and die. Except that my mother was a good teacher of new thought, and she said, life is endless, and she believed in reincarnation. She said, if you don't deal with your stuff this lifetime, guess what? You get it in the next lifetime. So I thought, that was scary. That was really scary. If I don't deal with that stuff now, I get to repeat the course. I don't know what you're beliefs are and that, but that scared me into deciding to get up and make something of myself. And wonder of wonders, my neck and shoulder recovered, even though modern medical science said it could not. And I believe I was helped very much by the New Thought Church I'd grown up in at Unity Atlanta, particularly the meditation. You do a marvelous meditation. and you, you have wonderful things going here with positive thought and spirituality and meditation and the and the sound, and the energy, and all of that. And the singing, you know, they say when you sing, you pray twice. Well, one day I just knew I, I was well, and I was. And nothing has been impossible to me since then. And so I said, what do I want to do with my life? I want to help people in the way that I've been helped. So after graduation from Georgia State, I went into ministerial school at Unity Village in Kansas City. And as you you said uh, 23 I was ordained. There's only a handful that have been ordained uh, that young. And uh, I, I had a great interest in healing. Healing. The New Thought Movement has been about healing here and now. You know, what I think was a, a wrong turn for traditional Christianity was that it's all about the next life. And of course, in the traditional, you get one shot, one and done, if you believe the right thing and after you die, you get the goodies, right? I mean, that's. And if you don't, well, you get to spend uh, eternity in a long, hot, sulfuric smelling place where they poke you with pitchforks and stuff like that. And, 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 and so, but 
uh, if we believe life is endless and life is a school and you go uh, from one level to the next level, well, the, 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 the thing about this is new thought said you can change your life in the here and now. That was a radical departure from pretty much life is hard and then you die and then everything's great, you know, and there's, if you like harp music and floating on clouds and never have to work and everything's in the, you know, it's like, you know, in a sense, that would be hell, wouldn't it? Everything the same, it's beautiful all the time. I mean, how much harp music can you take? And, you know, so, 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 New Thought said, listen, these teachings are about here and now. If the Master said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, he meant now. Now. That's radical. So how do you do that? With consciousness, right? And we say life is consciousness. We say that so much people forget what it means. What does it mean? Consciousness is the sum total of your thoughts, your feelings, your attitude, your experiences, your impressions, and, and so forth. And, and your consciousness determines the life that you have. Now, we don't like our life. We generally run around in the outer trying to fix this and other people. Any of you ever had really any success in fixing other people? No, who do you have to work with is you. And, and as you begin to change you, the other people miraculously seem to change. Wow. But they don't change, you change. And so life is consciousness. And you change your life by changing your consciousness. So, as I go to school, I'm very interested in healing. How did this happen? When we look at Scripture, whether Christian or otherwise, we are looking at what does this mean consciousness-wise? One of my great teachers in, in seminary was a great metaphysician and mystic, studied far more than unity. He studied lots of things. But he looked at the healing miracles as recorded in the Gospel, and he determined there were five elements of healing, consciousness. And he said, you, you either need to make contact with somebody that has a healing consciousness, and I'm sure you do. So you remember the woman who touched the hem of the garment, and she was healed. He said, you either need to make contact with someone who has a healing consciousness, and I know you do too, or you develop your own. And we don't really know who has a healing consciousness and who, who doesn't. So the thing is, develop your own. And so when he looked at all of these miracles... He found, you, you didn't see these showing up in every one, but all of them together he found five elements. Belief, love, will, faith, and forgiveness. That was enough for me when I went out of school, and I taught that for 35 years. And over time I said, there must be more than that. Must be more than that. And, and I began to modify that. But belief, love, will, faith, and forgiveness, I taught that all over the country, and even outside the country. Develop that in yourself, and you will have a healing consciousness that provides healing for you and through you uh, allows you to be a channel for the healing of others. So I began calling that, actually a, a friend in school called it the great healing bluff. But our speech teacher said you can't call that bluff because B-L-W-F-F -F doesn't spell bluff, it spells blow woof. He said, take the W out, put a U in there, and you'd have it. He said, well, no, that's not part of the healing consciousness. But I've called it the great healing bluff or blue wolf.
for many years. And everywhere I applied for a job in, in ministry, I would do a workshop on it. People said, yeah, that's it. And it made a difference. But in time, I began to see there's more for it. But l- let me just say for a minute, you, you hear the word belief and faith in there. Belief, love, will, faith, and forgiveness. We make a theological school distinction between belief and faith. In common usage, we think they're the same. But what I think is belief is more of an intellectual thing. Faith is more of a feeling thing. To accomplish anything, you need the thinking and the feeling together. So belief and faith. Belief, I think, actually uh, directs your faith. And friends, we are all given enough faith from the get-go. It's a gift from God. But the question is, where do we place that faith? I could have placed that faith in the uh, neurologists and the orthopedic uh, surgeons who all said nothing could be done. I even went to one of the great healers in our community, Sid Williams, the founder of Life University. He took a look at that and said, nothing I can do. Now, Sid thought he could heal everything. He was an amazing, amazing healer. He said, this, you've torn major nerves, and they will not regenerate. But they did. So am I going to put my faith in these men and women of science, or am I going to put my faith in the healing power of the Almighty who created me? And it took a while to get my mind turned around. I grew up in new thought, but sometimes we forget. Don't we? When the going gets tough, sometimes we forget. So I had to be reminded that, that I am perfect and whole and well. And that healing did, did manifest. So belief, love, will, faith, and forgiveness. There, there came a point where I began to understand this idea about will. It's not willful. It's willing. And I have discovered, and, and let's just say up until this moment, I have been a willful person. Every day I pray to be willing, not willful. I want what I want when I want. I want this healing now. Some people get instantaneous healing. I've never gotten instantaneous healing, but you know I could do that and you fall back and and. Uh, but I I've never I never had it. Takes a while. First the consciousness, and then so willing. So I change it. Belief, love, willingness, faith, and forgiveness. Forgiveness is often the most difficult one for people. And people will say, well, if you knew what he did to me, or she did to me, or they did to me, or you know, then you wouldn't forgive either. I said, maybe not, but I wouldn't be well either. You get the point. You've got to do it. And, and uh, you've got to do that work. And it's not so fun always. I have a, 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 an affirmation treatment that I use. And it is... I love you, I bless you, I appreciate you, I forgive you, and I release you to your highest good. And then I turn it around and say, I am loved, I am blessed, I'm appreciated, I'm forgiven, and I'm released to my highest good. I did that for many years. Now I realize there's more to it. If somebody really knew who I was, they wouldn't mistreat me, would they? So they need to know who they are and who I am. And I would say, take that affirmation and change it to, you love yourself, you bless yourself, you appreciate yourself, you forgive yourself, and you release yourself to your highest good. And then finally, the hardest of all, for me, I love myself, I bless myself, 
I appreciate myself. I forgive myself. I release myself to my highest good. And when I'm done with that, then I use the words from uh, a song that a friend and colleague of mine wrote, uh, Janet Bowser Manning, I am free, I am unlimited. There are no chains that bind me. I am free, I am unlimited right now, right now. Now, do I do that once and say it's done? Some people are really can do that, but I say I need to keep working on that till I no longer have an energy about the person or the situation that I feel offended me or harmed me. When I no longer have that energy, then I know I can, I can and I have let it go, and I'm free to move on. So that's a very important treatment. However you do that forgiveness work, you cannot skip that step. So I said, as I worked with this, I began to add some, some things. <clears throat> and, and, you know, it's not unusual for ministers, is it? You know, there's a 12-step program for ministers who don't know when to quit. <laughs> it's, it's called on and on anon. But um, bump. Hey, I laughed when you came in. Yeah, but out a bump. You know, it's like, I'm going to be here all week and don't forget to tip your waiter and your, your song leader. So, but we all know this idea of thanksgiving, giving thanks. And we are taught as youngsters, somebody does something nice for you, write a thank you note for your birthday present or the dinner that. Somebody fixed for Christmas, something like that. But, but we, we come, have come to understand that giving thanks before you actually see the manifestation of what you desire is, is so powerful for bringing about the manifestation. Now, it doesn't change God, the divine presence, whatever you want, a divine mind. It doesn't change that at all. Who does it change? Yeah. Are you the only one that knows that? <laughs> Thank you for being awake. The rest of you, are you there? It, it changes us. You, you, you see, it is the will of the Creator to bless us in every needed way at all times in all situations. If we're not getting those blessings, it's not a deficiency in God's part. It's that we have choked off the flow. So thanksgiving opens us to receive. And this was not exactly a healing statement in, uh, in a miracle, a healing miracle, but you know when there were thousands of people hungry, and they'd been listening to Jesus a long time, and they needed to eat, and they hadn't invented McDonald's yet, they couldn't send the disciples to get filet of fish sandwiches and things like that. He said, what have we got? Well, we got little boy's got a little fish, and he's you know, got some bread, and, and uh, he said, bring it, bring it to me. What the first thing he did? He gave thanks. He looked upward. Now, we no longer locate heaven up. It's there, it's there, it's there, it's everywhere. But heaven within us. But when he says you looked upward, it's symbolically saying he raised his consciousness from lack to fulfillment. And so in, but he gave thanks. Now, let's fast forward to later. His friend Lazarus has died. They sent for him when he was ill, but he was hiding out. Because there was a price on his head. And uh, they knew that he loved to go uh, to Mary and Martha and Lazarus just on the outskirts of Jerusalem. And uh, there's a price on his head. They wanted to kill him. So he didn't go. And finally he said, I've got to go. The disciples said, no, don't do it. Don't do it. He said, I have to. So he gets there. The first thing he do is start complaining. Well, if you've been here 
he would have lived. My brother is dead. And he said, well, we're going to go and we'll see about that. I said, oh, man, he's dead and buried. He's in a tomb and he's stinking. It's four days. He, woo. And uh, all right. Again, the story tells us what. It says he, give, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. And he, the story also tells us he, he didn't need to do that because he knew that God is with him and hears him all the time. The story tells us he said it for those who were around so they would get it. He was the consummate teacher. And then he called, Lazarus, come forth. Unbind him. Let him go. Have we bound ourselves or others with our negative, limited thinking? Give thanks. Unbind him. Unbind that thinking that got you there in the first place. Sometimes we call it stinking thinking. And remember, Lazarus was stinking. But he came out. He came out. Have any of you been to Israel? Oh my goodness. You can go to Lazarus' tomb. I was there with a with a group, New Thought people. And uh, I'd been before, so I you go down, 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 down on these steps, dark to the tomb. But across the street there's a there's a gift shop and and they have <laughs> I wanted to stay in that gift shop. You know, as the others went down there there was a power outage. They were down in that dungeon-like thing, and the lights went out. Woo! And I was buying my souvenirs. <laughs> they got a little mad at me. Unbind him. So you give thanks. I put that at the beginning. And I began to call it the grateful healing bluff, or the grateful healing woof. But when we come to faith, Faith, uh, uh, according to Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, <clears throat> is the perceiving power of the mind linked with the ability to shape substance. So faith allows us to see what cannot be seen with the human naked eye. You, you've had that. You've all had that experience. Well, he says faith, Fillmore says faith has a twin power, imagination. We all have imagination. We all use imagination, but we don't all use it consciously. We are imaging things. We are imagining. <clears throat> and if you put strong feeling with what you imagine, you're going to get it. <coughs> Sometimes people have a health challenge and say, well, I knew it, you know. Yeah, and you put your imagination to that. And the hobgoblins of the mind, my goodness. So imagination, what do you imagine? Now, I'm going to ask you, what do you hang on the walls of the living room of your home? I don't know if you like modern art, if you like the, the old masters, or you like photographs of family, or places you've been on vacation, or you like tapestries on the wall. I don't know what you like, but you like something so that when you go home after a hard day, you plop down in that easy chair and you put on the music and you breathe. You look at the walls and you say, this is beautiful. And it lifts your spirits. So the question is, what kind of pictures do you hang on the walls of the living room of your mind? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, sometimes that's, uh, that's not the best. That's not the best. So I want you, it, 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 just right now, if you're Atlanta Braves fan, you know, 
I'm a little nervous about it. They're not playing all that well, but they're still in first place. And I've been seeing images of a collapse in September. So uh, remind me to give thanks for them, and, and we will see them play well. So, I know it's not exactly about healing, but man, we've been a long time without a, haven't we? So we've got to see it. You've got to see it. Believe it. Put your faith in that. So, so now we've added more to this. And, and then uh, there's one more. And I love this. Your motto, your mantra, your chant. Thought, action, action, results. I have found in new thought, maybe more in unity than in Center for Spiritual Living, we might be good about sitting around and going home and visualizing, but then you have to do something. Take action. Take authentic action. I took a, a, a workshop once from Maria Nemeth, powerful, powerful woman, and she, she said, you know, this teaching is so great, and how come so many people are impoverished and have health challenges and unhappy relationships? She says, they, what she says is trouble at the border. The metaphysical world is perfect. In the actual world, uh, not so much. So there's trouble at this border. She said, you've got to look, see, tell the truth, and take authentic action. Okay. Now, tell a story, a very personal story, a very difficult and tragic story at that time in my life. My mother died when I was 17. She died of colon cancer. In those days, they did not routinely do colonoscopies. So when they found the cancer, she had the symptoms. It had probably been growing 10 years. And it had metastasized. And she died before I graduated from high school. That was a very difficult time for me. When I got in my 40s, my brother who's a doctor and my father who's a doctor said, John, it's time for you to start having colonoscopies. And I said, what a 40-year-old healthy man would say, I don't, I don't want about doing that to me. You know, it's like, man. And so uh, I put it off. Mid-40s, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I was, I was, they were beginning the procedure, and you're in a little bit of twilight. And I hear the doctor say, oh, that doesn't look good. We'll get it on the way out. Next thing I know, they're going, you can wake up now. You can wake up now. And the doctor says, come in. Well, you know, found us polyp. It didn't look good. And come back on Thursday, and, uh, and, and uh, we'll have the results. So Thursday morning, I called first thing. As soon as the office opened, I said, oh, we can't tell you. All right, now what happened there? Where was my faith and where was my imagination? Ooh, and there was a sort of self-recrimination. They told me to do this. I go there, and he says, oh, it's all right. It's fine. You know, uh, you got to come back regularly, you know, have, have this. But I had built up this whole thing in my mind and imagined that. But uh, I discovered that my brothers and I tend to make polyps. And if you get them early, no problem. Okay. I do that. I have talked about this on Sunday mornings in my church, and people never like it. But the point is not about whether you should have a colon, but take authentic action. Do what you need to do to get yourself well or get yourself prosperous or get yourself in happy relationships. Do what you know. Take authentic action. You have the thought, and I might add the feeling, 
take action, and the results are going to be what you want. So the great healing bluff doesn't work anymore. The grateful healing bluff, I mean, is a, because there's more to it. So I came up with, whoops, and um, I have these for you. The whole book is right here. I would appreciate it if you'd like to purchase the book, but heck, I'll give you this because what's important to me is it gets out, gets in your consciousness and you work with. So I have eight keys to health and wholeness. And I have made up a sentence. Teddy bear lives with fine, imaginary, friendly animals. T is for thanks, B is for believe, L is for love, W is for willingness, F is for faith, M. I is imagination, the other F is forgive, and then there's action. So have a little on this. You, you can't hear this if you're getting the CD of this, uh, but I have a teddy bear. So you can remember eight things. Memory specialist psychologists tell us we can remember seven things. So I've got seven plus one. You know, phone numbers are how long? Seven numbers. And then when they needed more numbers, they put then the prefix, the 770404, whatever it might be but your number. So I had to help you get to eight to eight. Teddy bear lives with fine, imaginary, friendly animals. I'm not saying you can come here and I'll kick the crutches out and you'll walk out and you'll be rejoicing or I can't say take up your bed and walk and you'll be walking. But I'll tell you this. These ideas will push your consciousness in the direction of health and wholeness. And if your consciousness grows into health, the direction of health and wholeness, you will grow in the direction of health and wholeness and wellness. And I also say this works for prosperity, and it works for happiness and joy and love in your, in your life. So Think, Feel, Heal is the name of the book. Uh, I would appreciate it if you, you know, I brought some with me, but get, get, at least get one of these. Take it and live it. Now remember, it's not enough just to sit and think good thoughts and meditate. There is value in that. And I meditate every day, and I would recommend you do, and you meditate and you visualize every day. But do what you know pushes you toward a healthier, better, more wonderful life. Think, feel, heal. Eight keys to health and wholeness. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Love you. And we'll see you again. Thank you. I like that. I like that. The woo-woo-woo-woo-woo when you talk. Thank you. That's good.